on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the Clubhouse. Yeah, good everyone. Welcome to the Clubhouse right across Australia. It's brilliant to have your company. Great golfing week for Australia. Lots to come. Masters are sneaking up on us and... Uh, well, it's all happening in the world of golf. Julian Bayard is my name. Great to be with you. Mark Allen is here. Hey, Marco. G'day, Jules. Nice to see you all set to go today and uh, with the World Golf Championship on at Durrell. It's always good fun. You know, possibly a future U.S. president owns Durrell. <laughs> well, yes. You know, last year, Roy McElroy <laughs> threw a three-iron or four-iron or whatever iron it was into the water at Durrell. Yep. And Donald Trump put it in glass. It was a beautiful throw. Yeah. It did. It had a bit of style. It's and shot him out all day. It probably was at that stage. <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump, he's always involved. And um, I think he's done pretty good things at Darrell, to tell you the truth. Of course, you know, it's been looking better every single year. So it's amazing what a little well, cash injection does to anything. Yeah, Rory McIlroy was actually asked this week whether or not it was a distraction that Trump owned the course and whether they should potentially move the course or uh, the tournament away from <laughs> Trump's course. Who asked that question? Oh, some journo. And he just said, oh, I'm not American. doesn't bother me. <laughs> he what said, a well, the strange the politics question. of Northern Ireland isn't exactly going well. No, so. it's not. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah. What a strange question that is. Yeah. Uh, they anyway. get some odd questions in the presses. That yeah, they do. Hey. I saw the world number one, two, and three are all playing together they too. They are. Or yes. they did play together on yep. Thursday. Yep. So that, uh, that, that, that's good. I like that for golf. Quite often they don't play too well. It's been a while though since we've heard this, Marco. From short range for PGA Tour career victory, number 12 for Adam Scott. <laughs> He's saying a sigh I made of relief. And the good friends embrace. And Adam Scott does have his first win since May of 2014. May of 2014. Classic. Had a few close calls along the way, though. I mean, I think last year was the first year in his whole professional career that he didn't have a single win. Um, But, you know, he he played pretty well. It's not like he was, uh, you know, had a shocker. No. I would have taken it. (laughs) That's that's for sure. I would have taken his uh, 2015. But, look, last week at... um, uh, at a course where there is a Northern group of holes man. called the Bear Trap. The course from Tita Green is as tough as anywhere you'll ever mm. see. It's a few windy days, but he just smashed them from Tita Green last week. He had that one bad hole. Quadruple bogey. Uh, quad, the quadruple bogey. It makes you feel better about getting an eight on the first yeah. when you go out yeah. and play on yeah, the yeah. weekend. But uh, not too many people who have quads have eight birdies in the same round, yeah. and then the rest were passed. So he still shot 66. Mm-hmm. But seriously, from Tita Green, even though Sergio was pretty close, he absolutely smashed him. And he, he holds just enough putts, you know, some yep. of the putts that he holds. On round three, you know, you're starting to look really good and confident in the holding putts that you need to hold to win tournaments. Uh, but, you know, on set day, they, they, there's, still, there's still a lot of Adam Scott, you know, they kept on just brushing the hole. But that's what happens yep. when you keep on hitting it to 10 feet. If you, You'll find if a player keeps on chipping in bunkers, hitting them to 10 feet, then he tends to lip out those ones as well. Yeah. The 10-foot range is the range where you lip out yep. an awful lot. And that's, unfortunately, well, the range that you know we always see Adam, putt, Adam Scott putting from for birdie. This week, from four, between four and eight feet, yeah. he was 14 out of 15 putts. Yeah, fantastic. So that was Beautiful. brilliant. So, I mean, his putting's been such a talking point, Marco. Last year, he was 158th on tour for yep. putts games. Where was he down? He's, he's uh, in the he's, 70s before the week. He's up to 50th this year yep. and was 23rd at the Honda Classic, right. 15th at the Northern Trust. So he's jumped up 50. 
50, what is he, 50th spot? So he's jumped up around 25 spots just on the strength of last week's yeah. putting. Look, that is sensational. And look, I, I don't think, I still think uh, the majors are going to be the biggest test. Although, you know, the claw grip is now used everywhere. Uh, we saw Louis Oosthausen at the Perth International win with the claw grip. Yep. Uh, the man chasing Adam Scott last week, Sergio Garcia, has been using mm-hmm. the claw grip for quite some time. So the claw grip works, and if he can, if he can get his confidence to a level where he doesn't even remember last year or any putting woes, yep. then that is an impressive performance because it always seems to be just in the back of these golfers' minds. Um, they're you know the the bad times with the putter. Yep. Um, it's an attitude thing, though. You know, as soon as you start worrying about the next putt, you know, if your only goal is to hold the putt and not to worry about leaving yourself a tricky four footer, or not to worry about leaving yourself a putt that's now downhill, if you don't worry about that stuff and only concentrate on the breaks, the pace, and holding the putt, it's amazing what happens. Yeah. You start holding putts. Yep. But I think sometimes, you know, the more you're out there, the longer you're out there, you almost outsmart yourself. Well, I, I just be careful here, you know. If I don't hold this one, I just want that stress-free tap-in par putt. Uh, as soon as you start thinking like that, no like good. an old pro, then you're in trouble. <laughs> then you're in trouble. Yeah, don't think like that anymore. And today, look, there, there are going to be times. There are people driving to the golf course right now. Yeah. Um, you, you, at some stage, you're going to have to putt defensively. You know, you can't try and hold everything. But when you get a go putt, you cannot possibly be thinking about that second, the putt afterwards. Mm. You can't. You've just got to be thinking about holding that putt. Do whatever it takes to hold that putt. I know it sounds really simple, but if in the back of your mind you've got this 20-footer straight up a hill and somehow your brain gets infiltrated with a pathetic thought of what happens if I miss and there's a three-footer coming back, then I almost guarantee you're not going to hold that 20-footer. That's right. Yeah, but the 40-footer up the hill, yeah, just try and hit it close. Yeah. That's okay. 20-footer <laughs> up the hill, knock the thing in. Hey, Adam Scott spoke to uh, the media after the tournament and oh, said about um, last year he struggles and, you know, he was he had a, had a kid and was yep. trying to go through all that and getting his family on yep. track and, and all that yep. sort of thing. And, and his said putting looked terrible. And he said... He's now settled off the course. Um, his his uh, daughter's a year old, I think, Good. and um, he said he's he's mentally right now. And he said mm. that's translating into his golf game, which is fantastic. Yeah, it is. Uh, I want to know what's happening with the caddy, though. You know, just to oh, bring yeah, Stevie Williams no. back for the majors. Well, what's going to happen there? Is he just majors? I don't know. Well, you, what about this week? You'd be pretty annoyed if you were the what caddy you who you win with, yeah. and then you're not getting taken to I the mean, majors. You would be annoyed. Be flat. Oh, mate, you'd be flat. Yeah. No, sorry. You could always do what Jumbo Ozaki used to do. Jumbo Ozaki used to have a caddy for his caddy. So <laughs> Jumbo Ozaki's golf course caddy didn't want to do any of the practice stuff. So Jumbo Ozaki employed somebody yeah. to just do the practice and the warm-up and the stretching. You could have the caddy's caddy. I like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a life. He was like Jumbo Ozaki. You know, he invented if- the Cobra. Don't you? You know, when you do a bicep and then oh, you the get... the double cobra sort of thing. Yeah, Nathan well, Thompson. Nathan Thompson <laughs> invented the double cobra, but Jumbo Ozaki, he used to hold a putt and flex his bicep and then get his wrist going oh, around. Oh, no. Right? Yeah. And then that was the cobra. Levi Casbolt. Yeah, stuff. the cobra. Yeah, yeah that, that was it. Yeah, nice. So he invented the cobra and yep. the double caddy. Pretty impressive, Jumbo Ozaki. Masters is sneaking up on us, Marco. And Adam Scott, we've talked about him already. Jason yep. Day hasn't had much golf this year, so we don't quite know where his golf game's at. But I want to 
put a stat to you. Since Adam Scott's last victory back in 2014, Jordan mm. Spieth's won eight times, Rory McIlroy seven, and Jason Day five. Yeah. Now, Scott's come runner-up last week at the Northern Trust, and yeah. then he's won this week Honda Classic. Yeah. He's obviously yeah. playing this weekend as well. Yep. Is he back in the frame with those blokes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. At 100% Jules. But uh, it needs to translate into wins, and at the very least, top three and top four finishes. He's just got to be in the hunt on the back nine and you know the more often that you put yourself in those situations somebody with the class from tee to green is going to scare off a lot of blokes you know he, he actually has the capability of putting a shiver in Jordan spine Jordan Spieth spine yep. Roy McElroy you know you could actually stand up and just bomb one right down the middle all of a sudden you know pressure situation on the back nine to win the Masters Roy McElroy's got questions in the back of his mind yeah I've got to hit this fairway now so Adam Scott has that ability uh, to really put some heat on the best players in the world. Jason Day as well. I mean, Jason Day, the last thing Jason Day wants at Augusta is uh, for Adam Scott to have two green jackets in his in his locker and me none. Yep. And hang on, it's another year gone past. I mean, all that sort of stuff can play into Adam Scott's absolute lap. So the more that he can find himself in a position to win tournaments in the back nine, then, yeah, he can scare off these guys. He has the ability, very rare on the PGA Tour, to scare some of these blokes off. Absolutely. Well, he's got the game, and he's got the off the tee, which yep. is important at Augusta. Yep. He's got the game. Yeah, he so. does. He does. And hopefully, look, I, I still see little things with the head. With putting, you want your eye line to remain the same. You do. And when he putts, when there's a tight putt, you can see his head... Well, he's, well, just the way I explain on radio is that his ear goes down towards his shoulder. Yep. His left ear goes down towards his shoulder when he's tight, and that does rotten things to your eye line. Normally, when you do that, it's because you think you're going to push one. And there was a couple of times uh, on the back nine uh, last week where that was happening. So he would have seen that. He would have had a look at the, the tapes. Yep. You know, He would have sat down with the wife and sat back with a cup of Milo or something and, and watched the back nine and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure he enjoyed it, but I bet he, I bet my life he would have noticed the eye line just tilting. So uh, that'll be in the back of his mind. He'll work on that and hopefully he gets out uh, this week and, and wins at Durrell. Let's talk about putting next, Marco, because Rory McIlroy has changed his grip and I want to hear from him and yeah. I want to talk to you about what he's doing to yeah. try and improve his putting because he's been ordinary yeah. this year. What about uh, Jason Day called the Tiger, Tiger Woods, Woods hotline? I know. We'll yeah. talk about that next on the Clubhouse. Right across Australia, Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. We'll be back right after this. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the Clubhouse. You certainly are right across Australia. All things golf. Got you covered right now across the weekend. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is in here. Hey, before you get going, yeah. Louis Oosthuizen, uh, I think he became the fifth or sixth South African player to win on the European Tour this year. Yes. Six out of 11. Not bad. 11 tournaments on the European Tour, six have been South Africans. Why do you Charles think that Schwarzel is? Charles won a couple. Why do you reckon that is? Because they're all Because all their tournaments are on the European <laughs> Tour. Oh. Just my drive. One day, Jules. I know. One day, I saw we're the new. Hard. I saw the new Australian schedule. So this year in November, yeah. we got the Australian Open, then the World Cup, then the European Tours, Australian PGA. Please, somebody from Golf Australia, get just get it done. Make it happen. Make it happen. I don't. I don't think you're talking my about God. enough, Marco. Get some I more know. promotion well, out the, there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the Open Australian player won the Perth International. He would have been Boom. a European tour player, and away he goes. But instead, we just let South Africans win week after week. Yep. You can't tell me we're not better than them. You can't tell me that, Jules. It's wrong. Yep. It's wrong. You see these the last three, four weeks, all these tournaments in South Africa. They're yeah. dominating. They dominate. They're dominating. They and dominate. They get their points up. They get yeah. in the top 50. And do you know why they win majors? 
because there are more of them in the top 50 <laughs> than us. Yeah. Well, our boys just don't have a pathway. Yeah. Just fair dinkum. You know, just, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, we should call the rooster. Tony Rosenberg, who yeah. runs the Australian Open for uh, Golf Australia, we should call him and say, "What is going on, Rooster? Yep. Fix this situation Let's for get us." Him on next week. You know where Tony Rosenberg's from? Where? South Africa. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I think I reckon he he's pretty happy. I reckon he's pretty happy that uh, <laughs> all the South Africans are winning majors. He's laughing at us. We need to get the Rooster on at some yep. stage. We'll try and get him next week. Good. Hey, uh, Rory McIlroy, Marco. Yeah. Horrible putting this year. He's ranked outside the top 110 in every single putting stat on tour. Yeah, so he sucks. Uh, you can't do that and be in the top uh, three players in the world for long. No. Now, his past record will keep him there, and um, that's why you know we look at Royal McElroy and we say how great he is. But he's uh, doing something different this week. Uh, Dave Stockton's his um, – is it John Stockton? John Stockton's his golf coach. Putting coach. Mm-hmm. I'll work it out. It's one. Of, it's a Stockton. Mr. Stockton. <laughs> coach Stockton. Old Stocko. He actually won a US PGA a long time ago, but he was always known as the best putter out on tour, and right. now he's the guru for just a select few players. Adam Scott went to him uh, there for a little while, but uh, Rory McIlroy's been going to him for a long, long time. Now, for the first time that I can recall... Since his rookie year. Yeah, he has now putting his left hand below his right when he holds a putter. The old lefty grip. Yes. Now, look, uh, we can't judge him on week one, yep. right? Good or bad, we can't judge him this week. It is a process. You know, you can remember when Adam Scott first came back with the short putter and he finished quite well in some tournaments. We're all going, ho, ho, and then he lost the plot there for a little while. So uh, it's it's... It's got to be over a period of time. Mm. And saying that, you know, Jordan Spieth's always been cack-handed. When you, take, when you hear Arnold Palmer or Gary Player talk, you know what they say? They say they would teach kids to be cack-handed. That's the term for left below right. Yep. Uh, when they putt from the very, very start, Jim Furyk's dad was a professional golfer, heeded those words that Arnold Palmer said, taught Jim Furyk to be a cack-handed putter. And he became one of the most consistent putters we have ever seen on tour. So there's merit in it. Uh, once upon a time, you know, I remember when Bernard Langer went cack-handed at one stage. He won a, uh, a US Masters. And it was almost like, you know, what's he doing? Is this cheating? <laughs> and, you know, no one had ever seen yeah. it. No one had really ever seen it before. Um, now it's almost the norm. Um, so, look, I'm glad there's no anchoring, although if you're asking me, Bernard Langer, I just mentioned his name, he's still anchoring on the Champions Tour. It's a joke that he's allowed to win tournaments the way he's going at the moment. <laughs> but... Uh, it's a fair income technique these days, left below right. And Rory, I, I noticed he said that um, he felt that his right hand was just, uh, he was using far too much right hand. So mm. uh, left hand below right fixes that problem straight away. Let's have a listen to what Rory had to say before this week's tournament. It's a drill that I've been doing for a while um, because I, I, I feel like you know my left hand sort of um, controls my putting stroke and that's the sort of the lead hand for me. Um, and I felt like over the past few weeks, my right hand was becoming a little bit too dominant. So I uh, practiced over the weekend just with, with left below right, and it felt really, really good. So um, you know, I'm going to give it a try this week and, and see where we go with it. But uh, you know, it felt really, really good. Uh, roll the ball's really good. The, the contact's much better. Um, and it really just takes my right hand out of it. You know, and, and that's really what I wanted to do because... You know, and, and everything that I have done in my putting the last few years is all to try and lead with the left hand and, and really just have the right right on there as more of a guide than anything else. But um, I felt like my right hand was becoming a little bit too active in the stroke, so this is a perfect way to 
to sort of deactivate that and, and, and really just feel like I'm, I'm controlling the, the, the putting stroke with my left hand only. So there's Rory talking about changing his grip from mm. a right, standard right hand to a left hand. Mark, is it going to yep. work for him? Is it going to work? Well, look, it, it, there's no reason why it can't. I mean, I, I can only talk from my experience um, with a fellow named Aaron Bedley, who I think was universally uh, acknowledged as the best putter the world had ever seen there for a while. I remember as a kid, Aaron Bedley used to yeah. putt for hours and hours and hours just with his left hand on the practice putting ring. Just hours and watching hours. Watching him as a kid and being amazed about he would just step up to the ball and hit it. Yeah, yeah, look <laughs> just, and shoot. Yeah. It's like a basketball, just look and shoot. So, yeah. But Aaron on the putting ring, practice putting ring, literally he would put his right hand in his pocket and just ball, hit ball after ball after ball. Um, there's got to be a little bit of right hand because you, you need the club to release, but not very much. Um, and the reason why there are, is loft on putters is because good players, the best putters in the world, when they make uh, contact, so the impact position, the shaft leans just a, t- just a tiny little bit forward. It's never back It's never back and lifting the club up into the air. So to offset that, they put a little bit of loft on. You still want loft at the impact position, but not very much. So, you know, some of these putters, I, th- I think I read a stat not long ago, um, coming out of, um, uh, who was it? It was one of the better... Oh, it doesn't matter. But the loft that most players used on tour yeah. was just under three degrees. So somewhere between two and four degrees, most putters are on. But when you actually get your putter fitted, and most people should, what they want is the uh, the lofted impact to be one or two degrees. Mm. Um, so that's that that that's the way it's always set up. So some of the players, some of the players, you know. They'll set their putter a little bit differently as far as their loft is concerned, depending on what's their strong eye, uh, depending on their setup position, and and very much depending on the way that they make contact with the ball. But you know, everyone wants the driver to be, um, you know, to to get uh, what do you call it, fitted for for your driver and your eyes. Not many people talk about getting fitted for a putter. Uh, maybe next time you're at your pro shop, ask your pro. You know, yeah. should I get fitted for my putter? Because it's not just about you know how long the putter is and what size grip you want. It's it's all about uh, face balance versus toe hang. It's about uh, uh, loft on the putter. It's about how upright or flat your putter is or standard, whatever. So there's a range of things that you can probably, you know, if you're having, if you're having 32 putts around, I almost guarantee if you have a few things out on your putter at the moment, if you haven't got it sorted out, you don't have to get a new putter. You can actually get the putter you've got. Yep. Uh, you know, made to your specifications. So if you're a, if you're having 32 putts around and the putter's not bad, but you know the loft needed a little tweak, or the uh, angle needed a tweak, or maybe even the length of the putter needed a tiny little tweak, mm-hmm. I almost guarantee 32 will go to 31 pretty quick. Yeah, maybe even 30, maybe even 30, because if your putter's got loft and you hit the ball with plenty of loft at the impact position and the toe of the putter sticking out there, it's going to kick the ball left every single time. Or if the toe, the heel of the putter is way up in the air and you've got loft, it's going to kick it right. Yep. Not much, but just enough. Makes a difference. One degree out for a 10-foot mm. putt. One degree out offline for a 10-foot putt translates into about a foot. A foot off yeah. uh, by the time the long ball part. gets to the hole. So it's yep. a long way. So it's very important to have your putter fitted properly. Do yep. it by the end. Not, don't do it by your eye. Get you know, get someone to do it properly. Might be a few people on their way to golf market just thinking, I might change my grip around yeah. today. Yeah. There we go. I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I remember before they had all the uh, the slow mo cameras and yeah. you know they had you could draw dots on balls and you could see the ball spinning and all the 
pros used to just get the rubber mallet out, just put it in the vice and go tonk, 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 <laughs> put it down a little bit, tonk, yep. tonk, tonk, take a little bit of loft off, all done by eye. It was probably pretty accurate, you yeah, know. Probably they probably got game. a bit of a roll, but it used to scare a lot of people. I know that when the rubber mallet came out and you'll start whacking away in your brand new putter. Hey, Marco, change of tact. Yeah. Um, you've been critical in the past of Jason Day and some yep. of his mental side of his game and whether or not um, you know he's able to, to get that part of his game right. We know that yep. he's, the way his swing is just is great and Beautiful. the way he strikes the ball is superb yep. and everything like that. But the mental side of his game and yep. him able to win tournaments has been a big struggle. Yeah, look, it has. And, and we saw that in the Masters a few times. Yep. Now, look, I'm really interested to see that he called a person that he calls his friend Tiger and, yeah. and Tiger's basically giving him the advice where you put your – you know, foot on somebody's throat. In fact, you put your foot on the field's throat yeah. and you keep on pushing down until they can't breathe. And that that's really interesting to me. Yeah. And I reckon that a little light probably went off in Jason's head. It's, you know, it's funny. Um, if you're a very good player at a young age and you walk onto the putting green uh, in the under-14 shell schoolboys or whatever it is and you know you're the best, you know, you don't always try the best. You just know you're the best. You just know. You just know. You're going to win. Just yeah. get out there, roll around, shoot your 74 in the under-15s, and you're going to win. That's just the way it is. Well done to you, sir. Yep. Um, and if you've always been the best, um, sometimes it's a bit scary you know, to take the next level and to beat these guys that, you know, in the sporting terms, want to kill you. Yep. Um, you know, once you come up against that type of player and attitude, it can, you know, you can think to yourself, gee, do I, do I want to go that far? Yeah. You know, I'm happy where I am now, making millions of dollars. Do I want to be that guy, that aggressive, get out of my way, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods type attitude? Um, I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see. I, I, I think I think Jason Day knows that his mental ability is the difference between him being number one in the world for a long period of time. I'm sure he knows that. This is what Jason Day had to say this week about him chatting with Tiger Woods. I talked a little bit to Tiger last week on the phone and um, uh, he just... Just speaking to him about, you know, know, with with regards to all this stuff, uh, practice and balancing and, um, you know, dominating for so many many years. Um, It's if you're going to pick a guy's brain, he's a guy. Um, And every time he, I I can't count how many times he said effort and mindset and everything had to do a, a lot with the mind. So it just goes to show how strong his his mental toughness was when it came to not only playing PGA Tour events but playing major level uh, tournaments as well. Um, so that's I think that's the last piece for me because I know that my body is I'm slowly changing the way my body looks um, with regards to obviously the outer shell right now, but the inner stuff like my core and everything else is coming along nicely. I'm eating the right stuff. I'm practicing very very hard. Um, and, you know, from there, the last piece is, I think the biggest piece for me is to not get in my way. And I think once I've realized, or once I learn to control my mind, um, especially out there, uh, it, it's going to be, uh, I'm not going to say, I would say that it's going to be a lot easier for me to go out there and, and play golf instead of fighting myself. So there you go, Marco. He's uh, gone to the best player of the modern era to try and get some advice yeah, on his on mental him. game. Hopefully well, it works. It's going to be a big change for him. You know, he hasn't got that natural killer. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to snuff you out here, boys. Yeah. He hasn't got it. He hasn't got it. Normally he's one on, 
you know, before, in fact, before the USPGA, normally he just won. That USPGA victory with Jordan Spieth chasing him, that was beautiful. That's as strong a mental performance as Jason has ever put in. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was out cold for a long time after that. Yep. You know, to go to that level of mental performance <laughs> probably wiped him out for a while. Probably did. He's got to find a way now to develop that killer instinct when he's in contention. Because you know, I don't think it works, that killer instinct, when you're hitting off at <laughs> 8.30 in the morning on Sunday. But when you're in position... Yep. Um, and probably, yeah, and probably starting on the first tee, probably on the first tee of a tournament. Uh, and you know, if you the next day you're somewhere near the lead, that that kill uh, mentality, the sporting kill, uh, has got to be there with you. And I hope it's going. Well, I don't know. It's going to be interesting watching the journey this year. Yeah, fascinating. Looking yeah, forward to it. Hopefully, you can get up there, and hopefully, him and Adam Scott can be. That Sunday afternoon, having yeah. a killer instant. Throw in Leishman as well. Up. Throw in Leishman yep. as well. Yeah, That'll throw them good. all in there. That'll it's going to be great. Yep. It's going to be good. Perfect. You're listening to the clubhouse. Going inside the clubhouse, the pro shop is next, right here across Australia. Mark Allen, Julian Bayard's my name. We'll be back right after this. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the clubhouse. You certainly are, right across Australia. The clubhouse, Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here, and we do it all thanks to Club Mandalay Golf Course. It's Melbourne's newest golfing experience mm, in the north. If you're in Melbourne the moment. or you're coming down to Melbourne to play and uh, you're having a, maybe a boys' weekend or something like that, add Jump Club on. Mandalay to the list of places you're yep. going to play because it is fantastic. It's the newest uh, golf course in Melbourne, uh, located just off the Hume Highway in Melbourne's north. Clubmandalay.com.au for all the details. Well done. Nice cold beer, too. Very oh, yes. good. And that's important. That is important. That's in the clubhouse. You betcha. Yeah, we're going to have a bit of fun today because we're having a chat on the pro shop. Yep. We're going to have a chat about some teas. Here we go. On the clubhouse, the pro shop. Now, Marco, you mentioned this in the ad break that we were going to discuss this. Yeah. And you're getting your tea out of your bag. You've yep. got the old school wooden one that might have a few chips in it. Yep. You've got the brand spanker that someone's given you that's... Yep carbon fiber or something like that and it's unbreakable supposedly and then you you might knock it down into the ground for a, a five wood or something like that and it snaps yep. in half after one go yep golf tees it's important we're going to talk about them right now right if you're driving to your golf course today yeah put up your hand and you should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> oh, if you're no. doing this oh, no. if you bought a packet of tees because that packet of tees promised an extra 15 to 20 meters Put up your hand and then whack yourself from the top of the head because what? you are a pathetic individual and have been sucked in by the worst marketing Surely. in the history of sport. How could you think that a tee was going to get you 20 metres? You know, there was a physicist uh, when I was at... There's uh, no tees out there that are doing that, are there? There was a physicist when I was at school um, who came and saw us in the golf team. He explained to us that if you could get the weight of the Empire State Building... And get that weight into the golf club, into a driver, and hit a golf ball with the same club head speed and the same strike and everything. The ball would actually only go an extra 12 yards, so 10 metres, right? With the weight of the Empire State. And there are people marketing golf tees that have like a Kyle Castle kind of look to them. Instead of it just being a round circle at the top, it's got little chips holding your ball up. Or there's even a tee marketing company that has brushes that hold your ball up. No. They are saying and they are telling people and they are getting away with it. <laughs> it's been proven that the ball travels an extra 10 to 15 
to 20 metres. They, you should be ashamed of yourself. Anyone who's believed that. We get the ACCC on these. Oh, we should. <laughs> it's a disgrace. And people will only use these teas. There are folks out there that will only use this crazy tea. Yeah. You're off your heads, folks. <laughs> you are fair income off your rockers if you think this works. Well, how, so, all right. Well, let's suppose. You tell me how it would it, work. Suppose it does work and it doesn't. <laughs> no, but I'm saying hypothetical. Right. Hypothetical. Yeah. Suppose it does work. How are they saying it works? So, what's the. Testing. But what's the. What's the science behind it? What are they doing differently from a normal teaser? Because it doesn't have as much less point, friction. point of contact with the actual yeah, ball less on friction. the tee. Is that less, what they're saying? Less friction. Right. Less friction. Yeah, the beautiful bit is, this is the best bit about it, less friction. If there was a little bit more friction, it would actually stop the backspin of the ball as well, yeah. which means less backspin translates in the more distance. That's what a flyer is. So even if there so, was, right. I mean, it's just... Even if there was, if they could say there's less friction off the ball, mm. well, that would translate into less backspin or as much backspin. No, 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 no. It's one or the other, folks. It's a disgrace. You know what the things you should look for in tees, in my opinion, Marco? Yeah. Bright, so you can see them when they fly out off the ground, and that they don't break when you use them. That's, just, they should be the two number one ingredients wobble. in the tea. If you are, if you, or what you got to do if you don't want your teas to break, and I'm with you. It's not, we're not in America. You know, in America, yeah. you walk into the pro shop and you just grab a handful of these great big long teas every time. They're free. It's beautiful. What? Yeah, free. Free teas in America. Fantastic. Oh, hang on a what a country. Right? Well, we're going to come back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So free teas over there. So they, ain't, they don't even care in America. They laugh at us. Like, I, I have some American friends. Well, I took them into a sports store down here because they wanted to buy a yeah. TW Sharon to take home. <laughs> and they went, they saw packets of teas selling for $6. They could not believe their eyes that people would buy 25 teas or 50 teas or whatever it was for 6 bucks. They were staggered. Staggered. <laughs> and then we, we've actually got a market in this country where teas are, oh. we're telling people that if you buy this tea with the Crow Castle tea, that the ball's going to go further because less friction. Oh my hey, god, so it's you, just craziness. Seriously, free teas. So what in the pro, you just like the <laughs> you're big, fascinated with the, the free teas. Well, After all, the, you know, I gave you Mate. the information, the Empire State Building heaviness stat, the less friction. Well, I'm, I'm you're fascinated with the free oh, teas. That come on, Jules. Me, but free teas. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It's pretty nice. Every time I come back from the states it's these days, handful. my golf bag <laughs> is so full of teas. It's a dis- I'm a disgrace. Uh, I am a disgrace. Hey, we've got a bit of time. I'm a tea scum. We've got a bit of time. I want to talk about teas. Yeah. Irons, par threes. Yeah. Tee down as low as possible. Teeing up. What are we doing? Oh, well, if you're teeing it up, you, you're going yeah, mad. Not, not teeing it up, up, but how should we be just hitting off the grass? Two millimetres above the grass. a little bit. Two millimetres above. Yeah. If you're hitting an iron, an iron, you know, all the weights in the bottom of an iron? Yes. That's for a reason, because the sweet spot is only about three or four grooves up from the sole. So it's not very so. If you tee it up really high, if you hit the top part of an iron, the ball goes nowhere. Mm. There's no there's no weight behind that area. So what you want to do, even a three wood, you know, three woods are designed to hit the ball off the fairway. Um, an iron is designed to hit the ball off the turf. So don't tee it up; it's a disaster. Hybrids as well; they are designed to be hit off the ground. So if you're going to tee it up, tee it up just a tiny little bit, like. Half a centimetre. Is that the same? Tops. The very most, half a centimetre. Is that the same right through your irons, Mark? Yep. yep. Even the three-wood. If you're mm-hmm. teeny three-wood up, you're making a mistake there as well. Don't do it. The only club in your bag that is designed to be teed up 
five or six centimetres, is the driver. So, you know, it's beautiful with the driver. If you hit the ball in the top of the face with the driver, you actually create a little bit more overspin or, you know, it's not as much backspin anyway. When you hit, you you shouldn't say overspin because the ball would dip horribly. If you hit... If you hit the ball on the top of the face with the driver, it won't backspin as much and the ball will go further. Yeah. Beautiful. In fact, the the real sweet spot, I mean, the beautiful the, the spot on the driver where you won't feel the ball being hit is right in the middle. Yeah. But the spot where the ball just won't come down, which is the nice spot, um, is a little bit high on the face and just slightly towards the toe. Yeah. Perfect spot. You get that little bit of hook draw, a little bit of a, a little bit less backspin. And that tiny bit of draw spin as well seems to help. Now this is seems teeing up. Help. This is teeing up one hundred and one. The most basic yep. question in golf yep. for teeing up. Yeah, yeah. Do you put your driver behind the ball when you're teeing up? No, it's a feel thing. If if we play together and you tee up the ball with your driver no, on no, the no, ground, no, no, no. we're I'm, not playing. No, 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 we're not moving any I'm, further. I'm asking. So you, if you put it, you tee up the ball. Behind, yeah, yeah. And you've got your driver behind it. Yeah. yeah. Is there a, a height of the ball that should be? Yeah, half to three quarters above that's the. the yeah. that's the half the ball, the three quarters of the ball should be above. Yeah. The top edge of the face of the driver. That's standard. Now, you know, I've, I've you know, I've seen Stuart Appleby tease it really low. I've seen other guys mm. do other things. So there, there are you'll see different things, but the standard for most. Yep. The, the driver is designed for half or three quarters of the ball to be sitting above, so that you get a little bit of. So it feels like anyway that you're hitting up on the ball. Not many of the pros do. Even the pros, when they try to hit up on the ball, at the very least, it's just yeah. pretty pretty flat. Most of the time, there's still a tiny little bit of a downward blow. Still, I like it. When, we, when we play, I'm going to just tee up with my driver. Did just we just spend <laughs> five or six minutes on teeing up a golf ball? I think we did. That's the first time that's ever that's been good. spoken about on radio. Hey, uh, there's a tip for you. I played on Tuesday this yeah. week. The Gatorade... Sand thing is the greatest tip you've given me oh, in yeah, the history yeah. of the golf. Carry bag, yeah. How much Mate, better? Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Gatorade bottle, if, sand if, bucket. If you are carrying your golf Mate. clubs out there, and you should, just take two Mate. clubs out, play with twelve clubs. It's beautiful. <laughs> just get a Gatorade bottle. Don't do not do not even think about carrying a bucket of sand. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> I hate seeing it happen. I love it. Gatorade bottle, half fillets. You don't want it too heavy. And just walk around. It's that's too what you easy. learn. That's Gatorade what you learn bottle. in the clubhouse. That's it. Marco's greatest tips. Teeing it up and Gatorade bottles. That's what you what get. What a great 10 minutes of <laughs> golf radio that was. You can play Melbourne's newest <laughs> golf course, Club Mandalay. Green fees available seven days a week. That's Saturdays included. Please visit clubmandalay.com.au. Proper buddy. tip next. Yeah. Marco's master Here we go. Get into some serious it's going to be the right best one this. ever. Marco's Masterclass. He is the best teacher in golf on radio, Mark Allen. It's nice of you to say. Normally, I have to say it. Yeah. Good on you, Jules. What are we doing today? Bunkers today. Now, bunkers uh, can be hard for a lot of people, and particularly hard if you're not practicing your bunkers. Now, I know most people don't have any time to practice their bunkers, so this is for everybody who has no time to practice their traps. Yeah. Walk into your pro shop today mm-hmm. and hand a 60-degree sand iron to the man behind the jump and say, can you bend this sand iron to 63 degrees for me? Get him to add three degrees onto it. Because we're always told to open the club face up. Opening the club face up when you hit a bunker shot adds loft, which makes the ball pop up nice and high and land soft. The dream of most weekend warriors. But to open up the club face, one, you're increasing the bounce of the club when you do that. But two, you're decreasing 
the amount of face that you have to hit that shot with. So if your sand iron in a regular spot has five or six centimetres across of uh, kind of face to hit the ball with, when you open it up, that, that now goes to two. So that's very scary for most people to open it up. So what I'm suggesting is have one club in your bag just for bunkers. Make it a 63 or a 64 degree lob wedge. Um, and when you increase the loft, you'll increase the bounce, just like you do when pros open it up. They're increasing the bounce. So without actually opening the club face, you'll do two things. You'll increase the loft, then you'll increase the bounce, which is very important when you're hitting good bunker shots. That's why pros have been doing it for a million years. But only pros, generally speaking, can find that one or two uh, centimetre face now that you've opened the club face up. Yep. So... Most pros will have a, um, a loft and line machine. Even the guys who don't, they'll be able to do it by feel. Walk it in, say, listen, buddy, I've been buying a pie and a hire buggy off you for 100 years. Can you please bend my lob wedge to 63 degrees, 63 yeah, right. or 64 degrees? That way, when you get into the bunker now, you won't have to open it up. You can just stand there and make uh, a big thud behind the ball because you got you don't hit the ball when you hit bunker shots. You've got to go underneath the ball, through all the sand. Don't look at a spot two inches behind the ball. It's a silly thing to do. Always check the sand with your feet. Just you know, you tell people that you're just actually getting getting, your, getting your grip. <laughs> you're getting your grip in the bunkers, but yep. in actual fact, you're working out whether it's a hard bunker or a soft bunker. Mm-hmm. Pros have been doing that for years as well. They've got to change that rule at some stage because everyone's been abusing it. Um, and that way, you won't have to open the club face up. Just swing away, the ball will pop straight up, land soft. You'll probably knock the putt in, make par, and win money off your mates. Bang. What a day. Easy. Too easy. How's that for a tip? That's a, almost a cheating tip. Yep. So it's got nothing to do with technique, everything to do with equipment. I like it. Too easy. And it can be done. So You can bend your clubs. It's really easy. Would you then have that as an extra club in your bag? Or? Well, most people, look, most... Weekend Warriors, if you can't hit a bunker shot, I'm tipping that you can't probably chip with your lob wedge either. So, And you probably can't hit the lob wedge. So it's probably just a club that sits there and still shiny. Um, It's fresh. It's very (laughs) fresh. So so it's a good question. Just just bend it to 63. You won't have to open the club face up and it'll pop straight up for you. You'll have to make a bigger swing though. You've got to make a bigger swing because you're not hitting the ball now with with even less loft. Even more loft, excuse me. I'll get it right in the tick. You're going to make a bigger swing. You've got to make a bigger swing, but a tiny bit of practice, you'll get used to it. I like it. Too easy, buddy. There you go. There you go. You'll be right today. If all else fails, fix your equipment so you don't fail. Perfectly done. Well played, Marco. Good on you, buddy. I'll see you next week. Good to be here, and we'll uh, see you next week. Perfect.